I know tonight who I serve? Amen. It's not somebody, some mystery, but I'm glad that I know who I serve, and his name is Jesus. I'm glad that I serve someone who's all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, amen, able to provide everything. I'm glad I know who I serve tonight. Amen. Amen. just want to welcome you to the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. If this is your first time in New Destiny, we just want to say welcome. We're so glad you're here, that you've chosen to make a Wednesday night your first night here at New Destiny. That's very special to us, and we honor you for that. We want to thank all of you who are faithful. Remember our pastor and his wife in prayer as they're traveling this week uh, back. They'll be home for service on Sunday, so let's remember them in prayer. Amen. Just thankful for everybody being here. A couple quick announcements. Uh, we do have still ladies' retreat registration is still available, so the early bird rate has, has gone flown away as early bird rates do I guess and uh, but you can still register for ladies retreat so there's still some limited spots available you can see the office after service also uh, tonight at this time we're going to dismiss our kids amen over to our kids center amen they know they're all headed off amen we're thankful for what goes on over there with our kids ministry and sister Marvin that whole team over there do a great job if you're new to New Destiny, on Wednesday nights we do things a little bit different. So we're, we're getting ready to uh, split out of here in a bunch of different ways. So we do have a couple classes on Wednesday nights that are available to you. So tonight uh, we have in our chapel, which is out these doors and to your right, is our singles ministry under the direction of Brother Swinton and his team. So if you would like to join the singles tonight, that is out these doors and to your right. Our married young marriage group, is, which is our endurance group, is meeting in the choir room is directly behind the sanctuary here as well as if you are new to new destiny we have a class just for you which is called i belong and what this class is it's a little history about the church what we believe amen for you to be able to get connected us to connect with you learn a little bit more about you and you about us and we just want you to be part of our church and part of our, our ministry here and part of serving with our teams so that class will be meeting tonight in pastor's office which is just in this hallway here as well as our i believe class which is our second level class and our discipleship is meeting in our gca building which is out these doors to the right we st there's still more i know it sounds like a lot but we have our youth going on tonight just across this our youth everything from ages 12 sixth grade and up all the way through high school our hyphen group is meeting over there our momentum group man aren't you thankful for all of those classes, and if one of those didn't hit you, then you can stay in here tonight and uh, listen to the word and hear as, as it goes forth. Can we stand tonight? Amen. Thankful, amen, for everything that we do, for everything that we have, amen, for all the teachers, amen. At this time, you're dismissed to your various classes. If you want to go, you can go quickly and quietly, if you will, as much as possible. of you remaining in the sanctuary tonight, if you have your Bibles, we're going to get right into the Word. If you want to turn to the book of Leviticus, chapter 17. Leviticus chapter number 17. 
want to turn your attention for a little while tonight to verse number 11, which says this, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. The life of the flesh is in the blood. I want to talk to you tonight about frustrating the blood. All right, frustrating the blood. You may be seated tonight. Amen. Appreciate everybody being faithful to the house of the Lord tonight. So the blood, the blood, we all are familiar with blood. How many of you ever, how many of you get queasy when you hear blood, right? So you may want to plug your ears for most of the sermon tonight. Um, but trust me, it's going to be the best you ever heard. So when you unplug it, just, wow, that was good. But uh, no. The blood. Blood is something that we are familiar with. We all have it. We've all cut ourselves at some point. We've scraped ourselves. We're familiar with blood. It is something in our body. And blood is truly a river of life in our body. If it wasn't for blood, we wouldn't live. The scripture just told us the life of the flesh is in the blood. Every cell in your body gets its nutrition from the blood. Every part of your body needs the blood to be able to live, to be able to flourish, to be able to survive. And blood is something that it's a mixture of two components. There are plasma and cells. And the heart pumps this through your entire body. And it comes through and it pumps and it moves it and it goes from arteries down to all the way down to capillaries, which are this really, really tiny at the very tip of every finger and all the way into your brain. And it pumps it through and it comes back through the art, through the veins into your heart. And it goes back through the process again and again. And depending on how nervous you are, your beat, heart is beating somewhere between zero, well, one, because I guess you can't have zero. So somewhere between one and a hundred and something. So... I don't know about you, I have a low heart rate, and uh, I had a physical a couple weeks ago, and she looked at me, and she's like, is this normal for you? I'm like, yeah, that's normal for me, so don't do anything. Don't shock me, because I'm usually right around in the high 40s, low 50s, so they're always, like, nervous. I'm like, don't shock me, just I'm, I'm okay. But if our, it pumps it through. There's five liters of blood in your body. It's, it's there. It's, we have to have it. It's a liquid. It's flowing through it. And plasma is the liquid portion of your blood. It's 97% water absorbed from what you drink. That's why if you ever tried to give blood, and maybe you haven't, but or tried to give blood or they had to take blood for something, and what do they always tell you beforehand? Make sure you drink. Why? Because it's easier to get the blood. Because it absorbs the water, the liquid in your system. That's the plasma that, that moves all through your body and that's and then inside of that is all the cells that float and the electrolytes and the nutrients is all contained in the plasma and there's cells in your body there's red blood cells which absorb oxygen and take it all through your body there's white blood cells which helps you fight infection and 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 heal when you get a wound there's platelets which come and they help clot your blood so that if you get a scrape that it actually stops bleeding and which is a good thing so that you can live a little bit longer and all these things are in the blood. The interesting thing is all blood cells, though, are produced in the bone marrow. So in the middle of your bone, which this always boggles my mind, which seems to me a pretty solid thing, 
is the ability, there's a single cell inside your bone marrow which produces blood. And it gets the blood and it knows out of that one cell, your brain tells it what does it need. Do I need red blood cells? Do I need white blood cells? Or do I need platelets? And depending on what's going on in your body, that one cell becomes whatever it needs to be to, to take care of what's going on in your body. And so it begins to work its way through the bone marrow and it works its way out and into the bloodstream and gets circulated in your body. And so you need your bone marrow. There are times though that bone marrow stops working and it doesn't work anymore and you don't produce blood cells. That's a very bad thing in case you hadn't figured that out yet. It's a, it's a bad thing and it's, it's something that doctors watch for. They, they take your blood, they test things. They, and because thanks to the wisdom of God that he's given to medical science today, they can actually do a bone marrow transplant so that if your bone marrow isn't working or if something's not right, they can take cells from outside of your body, put them into your body, and they find their way, and don't ask me how, but they find their way all the way back into your bone marrow and start it all over again and start the process in a correct way. Your blood is amazing. And without blood, you die. That's a pretty, it's pretty easy. Blood you live, no blood, you die. That's why in a trauma, the first thing they do, stop the bleeding. You go, but my arm's broke. They don't care about that. We're going to stop the bleeding. Because if you don't have any blood, it doesn't matter if your arm's broke because you're dead. So they stop the bleeding first. And then I'm going to take care of whatever else is wrong with you. And then they'll put you in surgery or whatever they need to do. But the most important thing is they have to stop the bleeding to fix and then they can fix what is wrong and spiritually that is where we were all born into so we were born in the state Psalms 51 and 5 says we are born into sin Romans says what we've all sinned right so all of us are born into sin but then it tells us in Romans that the wages of sin is death you and I were born dead people Sounds kind of odd, but we were. We were born dead. Spiritually, I was born dead. I was born into sin. Now, my parents pastored a church. They've been ministers there my whole life, but it didn't matter. I was born into sin. I was born dead because it's about me. It's not about them. Now, this is my life. I was born dead. And so what's inside of us is incapable of giving us eternal life. What's, what's naturally inside of me is not enough. I can have smarts. I can do all sorts of things, but it's only going to get me so far because I am dead spiritually. doesn't matter how smart you are or how accomplished you are. You're dead spiritually. And it's kind of hard for us to accept that sometimes, right? I like to think I'm smart enough, right? I'm good. I'm smart. I'm successful. I've got degrees or what you fill in the blank. I started, I own a business. I've, I've done this, I've done that. It, we can think that we've done it, but spiritually it doesn't matter because spiritually the scripture says I'm dead. I, I don't have eternal life. And so in John 6:53, Jesus said, except you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So since we don't have anything inside of us, I need a bone marrow transplant spiritually in order to be able to live. And so that's what happens. He comes and the scripture says that when I repent 
I'm baptized in Jesus' name. I'm filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. A bone marrow transplant spiritually happens inside, and now I have life. That's why the scripture in 2 Corinthians said, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Do you know why all things are new? Because when they do a bone marrow transplant, do you know what they have to do? They have to kill every blood cell, every bit of bone marrow inside of you has to die first. They can't have any of it left. So they treat you for weeks to make sure that there is nothing left living in your bones. So that when they put the transplant in, when they get you that new bone marrow, it's able to take root and it's able to produce a new life inside of you. And scripturally, it's the same thing. We have to die spiritually. I have to die to my old man and behold, all things have become new. I'm a new creature. So everything that I've dealt with in my past is gone because I am a new creature. Amen. We, we are new. We are living. And so there are function, four basic functions of blood that I want to talk to you briefly about. The first one is this. The, your blood transports things, and this is one of the critical things of blood. It transports waste things out of your body from all of the cells that are living and dying and what you eat, it takes all the toxins in your body and it gets it out of your body. It goes through the liver to get rid of all the waste in your body. If it doesn't do that, you would slowly die because you have cells that are dying. There's, you eat bad things. Don't look at me like that. You eat bad things. <laughs> you know, some of you eat healthier than I do, but you still eat bad things. And if you didn't have your blood, it takes all of those bad things in your body and it takes them and it puts them in through the liver and kidney and out of your body. It is critical to get rid of the waste and the, and the toxins in your body. And that's the job of the plasma. Your plasma, it gets absorbs all of that and gets it out. Now, do you remember what plasma was made of? Primarily water. You see, the thing that cleanses you in your body is the water that you drink that allows the blood to take the toxins out of your life. It is the exact same thing spiritually. Because in spiritually it says in 1 John 1, 7, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. You see, it's his blood that cleanses me. I don't get rid of bad things in my life. I can go through all sorts of things. I can try to eat better. And yes, I know I need to try to eat better. I can try to exercise. I, you can do all things. You can put on sunscreen so the sun doesn't affect your skin. You can do all of those things, but I still cannot cleanse my body. The only thing that can cleanse me is my blood. The only thing that can cleanse me spiritually is the blood of Christ. I don't get good before I come to God. I can try to get rid of all the sin in my life. I can try to get rid of all the bad habits I have. But at the end of the day, it still doesn't clean me from those things. I still have memories of those things. There's still things inside of my body, perhaps, that I've done to myself. But the thing is, when we come to him, his blood cleanses us from all of that. That's why we have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. Because the scripture says when we're baptized, he says what? In Acts twenty two sixteen, 16, be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. 
You have to be baptized in his name. That's why you can receive the Holy Ghost before you're baptized, but you still have got to complete the plan of salvation. It's not enough just to come in and say, I spoke in tongues. I don't need to be baptized. No, the scripture says that baptism is what cleanses you. Because if not, it's not going to take hold. That's just like when they do their bone marrow transplant. they got to get all that old stuff out of you because if they don't, what goes into you won't work. That's why you see people come in and maybe get filled with the Holy Ghost or speak in tongues. But because they never get baptized, they're gone in a few weeks. Why? Because it didn't take in them. Because they didn't have the washing, the cleansing of their spirit, the blood that cleanses us. That's why Revelation 1.5, he says that unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. You see, blood cleanses us. It takes, cleans us out. The second major function that blood does is it carries oxygen, which is life, to every cell in your body. Do you realize every cell in your body needs oxygen? Your brain needs oxygen. Your skin needs oxygen. Your lungs obviously have oxygen because they're breathing. Your toes need oxygen. Every part of your body requires oxygen. And so one of the functions of the body is it carries this oxygen, this breath of life, into every part of our body. Spiritually, blood does the same thing. Why? Because it carries the breath of life. Genesis 2.7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, the interesting thing is he created man and nothing happened. It wasn't until he breathed into him that he lived. So what does that mean? That means I can clean myself up, but until I have something inside of me, I'm still dead. I'm still dead in my sins. But all of a sudden when I come, and the scripture in Ephesians says, you hath he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sins. You see, until he comes, you haven't really lived. You don't really live until you have the Holy Ghost. You go, oh, no, I have. I've, I've done a lot of things. Yeah, so have I. I've, I've done all sorts of things in my life. In my career, I've seen all sorts of things. I've met all sorts of people, gone all sorts of places around the world. But you know what? That doesn't equate living. That's not living. I can tell you, I sat on a small corporate jet with a very powerful CEO who was very discouraged with life. He had a house much, 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 much larger than mine. A lot more cars than I got or that he needed. He had everything that we would say he had to live life, but he was still dead. He was still not living. You see, you can say a lot of things, but until you have the Holy Ghost, you have not really lived. But once you get his spirit inside of you, the scripture says what? It says, I came that you might have what? Life and that more abundantly. You see, we need the blood for us to even live, for me to have life. I don't live until I have his blood. The third thing that blood does is it transports nutrients to all of the cells in our body. When you eat, whatever it is that you ate for dinner tonight, and I'm assuming it was very nutritious, so we'll just go with that. 
your body's breaking that food down and the blood is absorbing all of the nutrients in your body that was in your food and it's taking it to all the cells in your body. Because your body needs, just like it needs oxygen, it needs sugar, it needs all of those things to be able to live. And blood is what carries it there. That's why John 6, 35, spiritually it says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now, he's not talking about you never being hungry again in a perfect diet, because there isn't one. Just throw that out there. That was for free. There is no perfect diet, and that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is when I have him flowing through me, my hunger for things, become I become what? Content. We talked about a couple Sundays ago about being content. How do I become content? I become content because the blood feeds me. Because he provides for me. Because I want for nothing when I serve the Lord. That's how come he, he nourishes me. He takes care of me. 1 Peter 2.2 2 says that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. You see, it's through the blood that we do it through him. But the thing is, you can ingest a lot of things, but it takes the blood to carry it throughout your body. You can ingest a lot of food, and it doesn't keep you alive. You can ingest a lot of water, and it's not going to do anything. It doesn't do anything until it's digested and absorbed into the blood, and the blood takes it to where it needs to go. How does that happen? In the, script, in the spiritual sense, it's the word of God that provides the nutrients that you and I need to live. But you know what? I can't do it without the blood. That's why a lot of people you know read the Bible a lot more than you do. I'm just Maybe some of us will just say there's people out there who do not, and you know them, they read the Bible all day long, but they ain't very smart spiritually. They write a lot of spiritual books that you can read, but it doesn't do you any good. Because you can do all of those things. You can come, and you, but you can't, and you can be in the worship, and you can fill it, you can feel his spirit and all of those things. But you know what that is? That gives you a sugar high. Do you know what happens when you get a sugar rush? Right? What happens? You crash. Why? Because all it was was you, you ingested a little bit and then it was done. That's why it's the same thing spiritually. It is not enough to survive off of a Sunday morning worship service because all that worship service is is a sugar high. You have got to spend some time in the word of God on a Sunday night, on a Monday, and on a Tuesday, and on a Wednesday, and on a Thursday, because that's what nourishes your body. Amen. It's, that's what nourishes it. But when I take it, I can, it only does me any good. What? If I have the blood of Jesus inside of me to quicken me. That's why sometimes you read the word of God before you got in church and it made no sense. You got the Holy Ghost and you read the scripture and all of a sudden it was like, wow, that makes sense to me. What was the difference? The difference was you now have the blood inside of you that's able to take the word of God and make it apply and strengthen in your life. Amen. And ultimately, when it comes, the last thing that it does is the blood defends us against invading enemies into our body. When you get a cut, at least this was what my mom told me. You better go wash that cut out, right? Go, go run that cut under cold water. 
I don't know what it is about cold water, but according to every mother, cold water will take care of whatever it is that's in that cut. Right? Go get that cold. Go run it underwater. That was the first thing I learned. And so guess what the first thing I taught my kids was? Go run it under cold water. Why? Because my mom told me that works. Right? And I still have all my fingers, so it must have worked. Because I still, you know, so I don't know what it is. But, but you know what? The blood is what protects us because the blood, the white blood cells in your blood come and protect if there's infection that gets in there. The blood and the white blood cells in there come and take care of that bacteria or that virus that gets in you. And you know what? It's the same scripturally and spiritually for us because the word says, Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know what? He is the one that helps us protect us from when the enemy comes against us. It's his blood that protects us because we are going to be wounded. There are things that are going to happen to us in our life. There are, there are, there's, you're going to get a scrape spiritually. You're going to trip sometime in walking with God. And when that happens, the thing that protects you in your walk with God is his blood, which comes and takes and cleans that up and perfects it again and restores you back to where you were before that accident happened. The blood protects us from that. And ultimately, it gives us victory over the devil, right? Revelation 12.10 says, Now has come salvation and strength and the power of his Christ. And it says, And the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they, meaning us, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Ultimately, the blood gives us victory. Amen. I'm able to overcome anything the devil sends at me, not because of my own strength, not because of my own power, but because of the blood of Christ, which he shed and is applied to my life. Amen. There is no temptation I can't withstand. There is nothing that can come against me. You can lie about me. You can, you can, whatever it is that you try to do, it has no effect on me not, it may have it on me, but it doesn't ultimately kill me. Why? Because of the blood of Christ. So if that's true, and the blood is all-powerful, then why is it that we can overcome the devil by the blood? There's nothing impossible to God. So then why is it that sometimes we struggle in our walk with God? Because we can all shout, we can win the victory over the devil. And yet, and don't look at anybody, don't nod. Some of you fell between Sunday and today. In spite of your best efforts. So why is it that we can, that that happens? Well, you see, there's two scenarios in the body and also spiritually that causes the bone marrow to stop working. Remember, the bone marrow is a source of the blood. That's where it comes from. And there's two things that happen in our natural body, and there's two things that can happen spiritually where you and I frustrate the blood to the point that it cannot work in our life. The first one is this. The first one is the environment that you are in. You see, 
One of the things that will stop you, the bone marrow from working is when the environment you're in is so toxic, whether it be carcinogens in the air, poison in the air, maybe it's radiation because of a chem, uh, chemotherapy treatment or maybe just where you work on the job, the, out in the sunlight, but there's things that come and these are not things that you eat, but these are things in the environment that will abs be absorbed in your body and begin to break down the bone marrow to where the bone marrow can no longer produce the blood. And so it's the environment that does it. And spiritually, the places and people that you hang out with have the ability to stop the blood from doing its job. You frustrate the blood. It doesn't mean the blood is not capable. But when you put yourself in the environment consistently all the time that is not conducive to walking with God, then it is not a surprise when it doesn't seem to be working for you. Not because the blood is not powerful enough to do it, but because you continually put yourself in a spot and surround yourself with people who continue to send bad things your way. Right? I just wrote down some. You can be surrounded by people who like to be controllers, like to manipulate you, constantly control everything about your life. They want to be in charge of your life. They want to tell you what to do. And you start to listen to them. And all of a sudden, instead of the Lord telling you what to do and being led by the Spirit, there's a voice in your head continually talking to you and controlling your life. In the environment that you're in, all of a sudden you stop hearing the voice of God and you start hearing that other voice in your ear. And all of a sudden, all the work that the blood did in your life doesn't matter anymore. Why? Because you're not letting it work because now then I'm not listening to him, I'm listening to them. You got people who like to control you. There are abusers who you'll surround yourself with who are needy on the inside on their own and they take it out on you. There's people who will bully you because they want to have control. And so as a result, they're going to be outright offensive against you, trying to dominate you. When you try to do the right thing, they're on top of you. Why? Because they don't want you to get ahead. They don't want you to be any better. They don't want to see you succeed. And so as a result, they're constantly bullying you, pushing you. Why do you want to go to that church? Let's go do this. And they're pushing you, and you but you let them stay there. There's addicts in your life, people who are addicted to all sorts of things. And I'm not just talking about drugs and alcohol, but it could be pornography. It could be all sorts of types of sin that are, they are addicted to. And because you continue to surround yourself with them, that's the environment that you're in. Or negative people. Or people who like to blame you all the time. It's always your fault. And you're no good. And you're not smart enough. And you'll never be good enough. Maybe it's a gossiper who likes to always spread rumors about you and everybody else. There's all sorts of people in your environment. And you control that. And when I allow myself to be in that environment after a period of time, it's no surprise that I become like the environment that I'm in. And so the environment that I am dictates things. That's why 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. The New Living Translation puts it this way, Don't be, filed, be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. Your company will corrupt you. 
The people you let around you will corrupt you. Oh, no, I'm trying to win them to the Lord. I hope you do. However, if all you do is never get around the people of God, you're going to have a problem. But you don't understand at home. I understand that. I'm not saying you got to move out. I'm not saying any of those things. But you have a choice whether or not to come to church on Sunday and surround yourself in an environment that allows God to work in your life. And when you decide to stay home from church, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to participate, I'm not going to get involved, then it's no surprise that God is unable to reach you, unable to do things about you. And God's answer has an answer to every one of them. God is in control, right? Amen. He's not an abuser. He's not someone who tries to bully you. The scripture says he stands at the door and knocks. He's not forcing his way in on you. He's not addicted to anything. He doesn't addict you to him, but rather what does the scripture say? It says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. I'm not addicted to anything. He doesn't force anything on me. So Proverbs 13, 20 says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed way you frustrate the blood is by who you hang out with and the environment that you create you frustrate the blood but the second way that we do it is this the second way bone marrow is destroyed is by infection and it's when there's a wound in the body and viruses or bacteria get in and that blood begins to try to work on that. And the white blood cells try to get uh, control over the bacteria and the viruses. And so the way that it does that is very quickly. The first thing that the blood does is it sends platelets to put a scab over the area. It tries to clot the blood, stop the bleeding and put a scab. Why does it put a scab? Because it protects it from all the things that would like to get inside of you. That's your body's natural mechanism. I'm going to put a scab on the wound so that way nothing can get inside. And then the blood, once it has that uh, scab over it, now I can take whatever bacteria or virus has got inside here and it will send white blood cells and it will surround it, attack it, and destroy it and ultimately carry it out of your body. But see, the thing is, the viruses can overcome the blood this way, by repeatedly letting more and more in. You know, have you ever scratched and taken off, don't, you know, taking the scab off, right? Right? Oh, that, your mom tell you, don't, don't, don't touch it, right? Again, this is mom, this is motherly wisdom that I've learned from my mother. Don't scratch it, don't take the scab off. It'll take it longer to heal. It's going to get infected if you do that, right? And so what happens in the natural is we tear the scab off, and it lets more bacteria and more viruses in. And it tries to put a scab, and I tear the scab off, and it gets worse, and there's more bacteria and more viruses. And the blood can't control it because it's continually getting fed more and more and more until eventually it fills your bloodstream, and it gets into the bone marrow and destroys the very source of the blood in the first place. Spiritually, it's the same thing. Because you see, what causes the bone marrow to fail, fail there is that you, you don't let the blood do the work that it's supposed to do. 
spiritually there are times that you frustrate the blood because you don't let the blood of Christ do what it's trying to do in your life. Because you've been wounded. You've been hurt. And listen, we all get wounded. We all get hurt. There are heated words that are said that wound you. Maybe by somebody you love. Maybe even by someone in church or a family member. But they can say things. Maybe in your marriage it's been adultery. Has wounded you and opened a wound in your body, in your marriage. Maybe it's addictions or broken relationships or divorce. Or maybe it's a crime that happened or lying. Or maybe you lost a loved one unexpectedly. Or that you thought was going to be healed and wasn't healed. And, it, and it's been a wound that's in your life. Or financial problems or a troubled childhood. Whatever it is, we've all been wounded in one way or the other. And as a result, when it's open, things can begin to creep into our life. Depression can begin to creep in. Or maybe discouragement and hopelessness and fear, lack of trust that maybe it's not. And we begin ultimately to begin to question things. And I question God's ability to forgive me. And I question God's ability to accept me for who I am, to provide for me. Is it really enough for me? And so what happens is we constantly are tearing the scab off when God is trying to heal us. But because of this, we as humans, we like to do three things, psychologists tell us. We like to rehearse, rehash, and replay. We like, and this is true, before you have a conversation with somebody, what happens? You lay awake the night before rehearsing what's going to be said. And then once something happens, a hurt happens, what do we do? I began to rehash it. And I began to think about it. And I began to replay it over and over. And then the next night I'm laying in bed and I'm rehashing it again. I wish I would have said this. Why did they say that? They looked at me funny. I put my hand out and they didn't shake my hand. What does that mean? I think, some, I, think my, I think my wife is having an affair. I think I saw a text on her. No. And we begin to rehash, and things begin to come in our head, and we go over and over and over and over. And then maybe, and maybe it's our own failing, and I, I messed up again, and I, and I failed again, and, and I, I've tried, and I've been to the altar, and I've prayed about it, and I've cried, and I've prayed, and I've cried, and I've prayed, and, and I still mess up about it. And pretty soon we start going, God can't use me because this just won't heal. God can't use me. I, God can, I can't change. And the reason is because why? Because the reason we continue to deal with them is we never let God heal us in the first place. Because why? Because I continue to go back and bring it up again and again and again. There was a young man in one of the churches we were in who came to the altar and for months and months would cry and repent over the same things over and over. But you know what? The scripture says what? The scripture says that when we repent, he moves our sins from us, what? As far as the east is from the west. He takes them and moves them. See, that young man repented, and God forgot about him and was trying to heal him. But what happened? Every week he came back, and he reopened the same wound again. And again. And again. Why? Because he was doing it. 
The blood had already done its work, but he began to frustrate the blood and not letting it forgive him and mend him the way that the blood would. And so it was there, and it just over and over, and is refreshed again, and a new wound is opened up. And you know what? You say that's crazy, but you know what? Did you know that after the Civil War, and I think this is really kind of crazy, but they fought the Civil War. They signed the proclamation. The slaves are freed. Do you realize that a lot of slaves stayed right where they were and did the same jobs as before and never did anything? And you go, that is crazy. You mean they could have left? They could have left. They didn't have to do the same job? Nope. That's dumb. Hmm. Because you know what? The New Testament says that's the way most of us are. We're the same way. Because what? Because Romans says what? We, he died and then what? We still keep doing the same thing. Romans 6. What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound? God forbid. Right? Because what happens? The reason why we're still dealing with the same things is because we've never moved on from where we were at. And you come back every week exactly the same place you were the week before. Why? Because you're not letting the blood do its work. It's not because God is incapable of changing your life. It's not because the blood is unable to forgive you. It's not because God is not able to restore the relationship. It's because I had a sugar high on Sunday and I did nothing all week long. And I came back the next week the exact same place that I was last week. And asking for the exact same thing as last week. And now guess what? I'm in the same spot. You see, you frustrate the blood. I frustrate the blood. Because it can't do it. But we've, you've got to let God take care of those things. Exodus 14, 14 says, The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. The Lord will take care of it. Part of the time, reason why sometimes we deal with the same thing is we give it to the Lord, and then what do we do? We take it right back. We go to the altar. I need prayer for this. And as we leave, you just grab it and you pull it right back with you. And you get back to the pew, and what do you do? You rehash everything. Now, I hope that when I prayed up there, that God heard my prayer. And right now, he better be over helping Uncle Joe, because if not, so help me when I get home. Because <laughs> we hold on to it. And the scripture says, the Lord will do it for you. The problem is, we don't let the blood do the work. We hold on to it. That's why Deuteronomy 24 says, The Lord your God, it is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. God will save you. He will take care of your problems if you let him. But you've got to let some things go. So what's the answer if you've been frustrating the blood of God? It's the same thing as it was in the very beginning. It's a blood transplant. I need a bone marrow transplant again. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you've been living for God for a day, a year, 10 years, a lifetime. Scripture says we still need to come back to him and kneel down again and say, Lord, here I am. Kill the old part of me. Get it all out. Lord, I need all of that out. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, wash me again. Let your blood be renewed in me. And when that happens, then you know what? Guess what? Then I can stand again. 
and his blood will have a perfect work in my life. Amen. Let's stand tonight. I don't know about you, but I don't want to frustrate the blood. I want to let it do its perfect work in my life. Because if I do that, then I know that I'll see him one day. And there's nothing more I want than to see him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray it tonight. Jesus, we love you. Lord, I'm so thankful tonight for your blood, which you shed for us, O Lord. I'm so thankful tonight, O Lord, that you, God, loved us so much. Your word says that you gave us your only begotten son. Oh, Lord, you came yourself. You didn't send somebody else, but you came. You gave yourself for our sins on Calvary, the Lord, for your blood, that we could be washed, oh, Lord, in the waters of baptism, that we could repent, be baptized in your name, cleansed of our sin, oh, Lord, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, oh, Lord, that every day we could walk in victory. I pray today, oh, Lord, that you would help us Oh, Lord, not to get ourselves in an environment where your blood can't do its work. Not to do something that frustrates your blood, that doesn't let it heal us the way that you would like to. Oh, Lord, if we've been doing that, I ask you this week, oh, Lord, to forgive us. Forgive us tonight. Forgive me tonight, oh, Lord, if I've done anything, oh, Lord, that would stop your blood from having its perfect work in my life. Oh, Lord, cleanse me again. Wash me. Let your blood create in me a new creature, a new mind, a new heart for you. Oh, Lord, that I can serve you all the days of my life. Oh, Lord, and ultimately hear you say one day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Lord, we're looking forward to that day. I pray, oh, Lord, that everybody here would be there to hear their name called. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.